save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in store and on Menards.com. Hello everybody, I am Lucia Matuonto and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Hello and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast. On today's episode, we are headed to New York to speak with Richard Skipper. Richard is an entertainer, award winner, writer, and host of Richard Skipper Conversation. So Richard, welcome. I'm very excited to give you a ride. <laughs> I'm ready to take off. So let's go. Where are we going today? Today we'll be around Broadway, okay? <laughs> Sounds good to me. I love Broadway. So, Richard, you are celebrating 43 years in the entertainment industry with over 100,000 interviews. Well, in I wouldn't go. So in not 100,000, I've done over 1,000 interviews. But 100,000 is a lot of interviews. So uh, I haven't gone that far yet. But you are almost there, I'm sure. Well, I hope so. I hope to get there. Absolutely. Anyways, this is very impressive. So can you tell us about your journey? Well, I was born in a small town in South Carolina. Uh, I am the oldest of four kids, uh, children. Uh, my uh, father, uh, Richard Hampton Skipper, uh, was a blue collar worker, uh, a welder in South Carolina. My mom uh, was a housewife and a factory worker. So I am as far removed from show business as anybody could possibly be. Uh, but I grew up, I'm 61 years old or 61 years young, as I'd like to say. Yeah. Uh, I grew up uh, in uh, long before you, Lucia. Uh, I grew up uh, at a time uh, where I grew up watching 1960s and 70s television. And as a result of watching 1960s and 70s television, we had the luxury, and I do mean it was a luxury, of having only three networks. And I'll tell you why it was a luxury, because those three networks tried to get the biggest demographic that they could get, because families would sit together to watch television. They weren't scattered out. They, there weren't televisions in every room. People weren't watching shows on their iPhones and they weren't renting films and there weren't films on demand. If a television special was on uh, your TV screens, you had to sit and see it then, or there was the possibility you would never see it again. 
it was a fleeting moment. So families would come together for these events. And so these networks would try to grab people from my generation, my parents' generation, and my grandparents' generation. So the families would come together and we would watch these television specials. You would never have to worry about whether or not you were gonna be shocked by something uh, coming up that was uh, going to embarrass someone because there was a, a code of ethics, if you will, uh, from what was shown on television at that time. So uh, families would be able to sit together. And so it was that world that I wanted to be a part of. I loved seeing these great entertainers. Please understand also growing up in the 1960s that many of the stars that I was seeing on television were, it had only been 30, 40 years since the end of vaudeville. And many of those artists like Red Skelton and Danny Kaye and Carol Channing and George Burns and Jack Benny uh, were, uh, that tradition of show business was still very much a part of uh, television. Uh, they had come from radio, uh, from vaudeville uh, to television, uh, I mean, from the radio to television. And that was really what I wanted to be a part of. And of course, by the time I made up my mind that I was gonna go and be a part of that world, that type of show business truly did not exist anymore. And was it difficult in the beginning? How was that? How did it all happen to you? Well, when I arrived in, uh, I made up my mind when I was 13. I've told this story. I've even written a show about it. When I was 13 years old, I was reading a book called The Magic of Believing by Claude M. Bristol. And in this book, Claude M. Bristol says, set your mind on a goal like a homing pigeon and go after it with dogged determination. And I told my parents that this was on August 5th, 1973. Uh, and I said, uh, said, five years from today, I'm going to New York. And my parents said, sure you are, sure you are. And I actually, on August 5th, 1979, I arrived in New York. $500 in my pocket. I had never been to New York before. I had never flown. I didn't really know anyone in New York. And when I arrived in New York, it was a very different New York uh, from what it is now. I know that you uh, told me before we started the interview that you are in Spain. Have you ever been to New York? Yes, many times, many yes. times. Well, uh, New York in 1979, was a very different world than what it is now. It was very seedy. It was very dark. Uh, New York had just come out of bankruptcy. Uh, the, the crime rate in New York was very high. There were very dilapidated neighborhoods. Uh, I, the New York that I thought I was going into was a New York of uh, breakfast at Tiffany's, uh, Sunday in New York. Uh, barefoot in the park. The New York that I arrived in was Midnight Cowboy and Taxi Driver. It was a very different New York. But 
That being said, for an 18 year old kid, because I was still a kid, it was exciting. It was, I mean, I was scared to death on one hand, uh, but on the other hand, this excitement of what the world could be for me, the possibilities of what was there in my, in my hands, the possibility of what I could create, the possibilities of what was ahead of me uh, was infinite. And that was exciting for me. It was exciting as life was unfolding for me. And I was beginning to discover who I was, uh, where I was, and creating a life for myself. That, you know, and I've, as you mentioned earlier, I've interviewed so many people. And one of the things that I love to talk about are those moments, I call them the hunger years. When you have no money, you only have your dreams, and you have your hopes, and you are in New York, and you have the possibility of what is ahead of you. And there's something magical about that. Yes, exactly. And Richard, usually entertainers are multi-talented people, as you are. And whether it's a comedian, a songwriter, an actor, so it doesn't matter which field of entertainment. So. What do you think the most fascinating about being an entertainer? Well, you know, there's a, I have a philosophy when it comes to entertainment. There are entertainers and there are performers. A performer is someone who goes out on stage and the performer pretty much is, uh, goes on, they learn their lines, they know, what they know where they're supposed to stand they know what the lighting is, they go out and they do it, almost mechanical. Um, that's not to take away from their talent or whatever it is that they do. It's they know what their job is to do and they go out and they do it. They deliver exactly what they're supposed to do. And then there are entertainers. That entertainer is always focused on the audience. Their job is to go out there and make that audience uh, escape whatever they're feeling, uh, I went the other night to see Ken Page. Ken Page is a phenomenal entertainer. Uh, he was in Ain't Misbehaving on Broadway. He was the original lion in The Wiz on Broadway uh, and uh, so many other shows. And uh, he was in the original uh, African-American version of Guys and Dolls on Broadway. And he walks out on stage, he was doing a cabaret show and he walked out on stage and from the moment he opened his mouth, uh, he had this energy about him. Tears started to well up in my eyes. And I sat there and I thought, oh my God, this is why I do what I do. I wanna be up there doing what he's doing. That's an entertainer. He, he had the whole package. And you know it when you see it, Liza Minnelli, Peter Allen, um, uh, you know, uh, Elton John, uh, Queen, uh, uh, Freddie Mercury. Uh, yes, you see, when you see these people, when they walk on stage, Diana Ross, Barbara Streisand, they walk out on stage, Lucia, when yeah. they walk on stage, you know that they are 
the real deal and you want, they take you on a journey and you don't want it to end. Uh, Judy Garland would get encore after encore after encore. The audience doesn't want them to leave because there's this magic, there's a chemistry, there's an alchemy that people want to hold on to. And that's the excitement of this business. Yeah, I agree with you 100%, Richard. And as an entertainer, you are conscious that you are being observed. Hmm? Oh, so, absolutely. So do you have any technique to engage a live audience, for example? Well, from the moment that I walk on stage, uh, I immediately pick someone in the audience. And when I go on stage, I pick that person as the person that I am going to play to. And rather than thinking of the huge collective of a bigger audience, I'm going to play to that person. Because I know that if I'm winning that person over, the hope is that I'm going to win the entire audience over. Mm -hmm. And I play to that one person. And of course, I'm getting the entire audience over. Because the audience is going to be drawn to this one person that I'm playing to. And that's what it is for me. And of course, I'm playing to the entire room. But I always pick that one person in the room that I'm going to say, this is about you and me this evening. Mm -hmm. And hopefully the rest of the audience is going to come with us on that journey. Mm, that's very wise research. Well, it's like when you sit down for a great dinner yeah. and you've got all this food in front of you. If you try to eat it all at once, you're going to have a stomach ache. Just think about that for a moment. But if you say, okay, I'm going to start with an appetizer and I, and I start with this appetizer and I'll have a bite of this. Oh, that tastes very good. Now that I've tasted this, let me go and try that. And you do it in steps. That's why a great meal starts out when you, when you go to a, a great dinner party, the hostess, you don't walk in and sit down at the table. You go in, you visit, you may have cocktails, you'll have appetizers. And then hopefully, you know, I think a good dinner party, you'll be there at least a good hour before you sit down at the dinner table. And then a good dinner party is relaxed and the courses are brought out in good time. And then there'll be a break between the main course and the dessert. And then even after dessert, maybe an aperitif or something after dinner, and then you leave. And you leave feeling very satisfied and hopefully without a stomach ache. And that's what going to see a great show is about. Mm-hmm. Richard, you are also a good, great storyteller. The way you... Oh, thank you. <laughs> Don't tell me, tell everybody else. <laughs> I love hearing it, but tell everybody else. Yeah, our listeners will know. <laughs> thank you. And Richard, let's talk about your show, Richard's Keeper Conversation. It started in 2009. Am I correct, Richard? Well, I, you know, my career has had so many evolutions. And, but uh, several years ago, uh, I had the good fortune. This is Carol Channing. Mm -hmm. And Carol Channing was a very dear friend of mine. 
And Carol Channing said that I should write a book about Hello Dolly and all the women who played Dolly. So I started interviewing people for a blog that I was writing. So this all started as a blog. And when I started writing the blog, I reached out and I said, I want a good title for my blog. And someone said, call the blog Richard's Rants and Raves. And I, that's what my original title was. And then someone said, you're always raving, but you're never ranting. And I said, because I love to celebrate. And then someone said, that's your title. And so I, I named it Richard Skipper Celebrates. And then I, before COVID, I guess I've lost track of time. About four, five, uh, about four or five years ago, I started a live show and each show was built around a theme. Like today is May 12th. And uh, even, you know, and I'm fascinated about things that happen on this day. Um, and these are things that happen on this day. Tragically, uh, the Lindbergh baby, they found this baby was kidnapped. Uh, they found uh, his body on this date. But on a good note, Catherine Hepburn was born on this date. Uh, so uh, uh, today is the anniversary of The Simpsons uh, and Homer Simpson from The Simpsons. Uh, these are things that I've just noticed uh, in my uh, days. Each day I pick a word for the day. The word that of the day is peace. Here it is. So I, uh, and today is National Limerick Day because the man who created the limerick was born on this day as well. So let's say that I'm doing a show on May 12th when I was doing my live show. I would take all these elements and once I would put my cast together, I would reach out with them and I'd say, uh, pick one of these elements and do something about, uh, do a, a, something built around this. And let's say that someone picked Katherine Hepburn. Now you don't think of Katherine Hepburn mostly as a musical comedy person. However, she did do a musical on Broadway called Coco, about Coco Chanel. Mm -hmm. So maybe that person would pick a song from that musical. Also, she did one of my favorite movies, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. And the theme song for that movie was uh, the story, uh, the, um, uh, you've got to give a little, live a little, uh, the story of love. And so maybe somebody would sing that song and I would have five song, uh, five entertainers in the show. Each person would come out, sing whatever song they would sing. We would sit down, do a little interview, and then we would do a duet together. And it was a fun show with a five piece band and everything. We would only do it once a month because it was such a big show to mount. Uh, and we also had such a big, uh, I, I had a great producer, Russ Woolley, uh, who may see this, I hope. And he was a great, uh, is a great producer. Uh, and uh, he got me through all of that. And then COVID hits. And when COVID hits, I, I, it's like, what am I going to do next? So I started doing what you're doing. I started doing these interviews and I started putting these shows together and I created this, my platform on StreamYard that I do it on, uh, on uh, YouTube. And uh, it's taken off and it's still growing. And the, my big goal right now is to take it to the next level. And whatever that next level is, 
God only knows. But shows like yours help build my brand. It helps give me a bigger audience. It gets the word out. So I thank you for this. And I thank Lisa Rodrigo, uh, you know, who brought us together. So thank you. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Thank you, too. It's a really a pleasure to have you here, Richard. And, you know, I think it's that's fantastic to create something new and come up with fresh ideas as you yes. you yes. did yes. yes congratulations and yes. i Thank am you. sure that way more good things are going to come for you from your mouth to god's ears so that's <laughs> that's yes and richard you are helping others and making a difference which i think Thank it you. brings yeah i think it brings a sense of fulfillment like no order don't you agree with me oh i i absolutely agree i mean first of all i i love what i do i love people i i'm fascinated as i'm sure you are too otherwise you wouldn't be doing this i love uh, i love what makes other people tick i love the journey and i love your show rv uh and the fact that you've got this rv theme going on around you yes i i love uh you know and you're taking people on a journey uh, there's so many levels to what you're doing uh but i take um i love the journey that i feel that i'm taking people on but they're taking me on a journey i learn so much about other people from every show that I do, but I also learn about myself from every show that I'm doing. And I'm a work in progress. And I always think today, I want to be 1% better than I was yesterday. And I feel that I'm, that I feel that I'm making that happen. And I be believe that if every person on this planet would make that their goal, this would be a better world. This is lovely. Just a little bit. We don't need, you know, to try to change the, the whole world. But it's, it goes back to that dinner, one bite at a time. Yes. Yes. And, you know, Richard, you wear many hats and you are doing a lot for so long. And I see that you are also a producer, you are a performer. So, my question is, where does your energy and enthusiasm come from? I love life. I love people. I love, I mean, every day I set my alarm with uh, the sunrise. Uh, every night before I go to bed, I, I ask my phone, what time is sunrise tomorrow? And I set my alarm with the sunrise. And I actually get out of bed when my alarm goes off in the morning. And I get up, I brush my teeth, I get ready, and I walk out the door. And I go for a 30-minute walk first thing every morning. And that 
is that clears my brain. I think about what the day is going to be like. And when I come in, I got a little office studio in my house and I walk into my office and it's like, okay, I'm ready for the, um, uh, my password, I'm going to get, I'm going to tell you what my password is to get to my computer is, well, I shouldn't say it out loud, but it's a word about openness. That's not the word, but, uh, you know, being able to be open to possibilities. Um, and it's uh, because I'm open to whatever comes my way each day. And I believe that uh, we need to be uh, open to possibilities. We are, I mean, in, um, here in the United States, this is a very divided country right now. And uh, there are many people who are obstructionist and their goal is to stand in the way of other people's uh, desires, other people's dreams, other people's needs. Uh, and I wonder why, why? You know, what does it accomplish? And so if everybody, again, um, I mean, I live my life to the fullest. I am not concerned about what my neighbors are doing. I'm not concerned about what they're not doing. Um, and again, if you focus on being a better you, you're gonna make the world a better place. I love your research. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. It's yeah. true. It's absolutely true. Yeah. And can you share something our listeners wouldn't know about you? Something they don't know about me. My life is an open book. So there's, uh, what can I share that they don't know about me? I don't know. That's a good question. The good thing, I mean, you ask a question. Um, I I'll pull up, I uh, always, uh, with my show, I always ask a, a random question. Uh -huh. And so I'll ask a random question. And the question is, what's your love language? That's a good question. For me? So, uh, yes, what's your love language? My love language. My love language is the way I look at people and the way people look at me. You know what I mean? Is it's through my eyes and through other people's mm -hmm. eyes. Mm -hmm. And also music. Absolutely. That's wonderful. But I, I, I listen to music all day long. I've got music is a constant back. I, I mean, some people like silence. For me, music is always in the background. Mm. Yeah, I need music too. Yes. And Richard, if you weren't an entertainer, which profession would you like to have a therapist why because again i love people i love uh i'm a very empathetic person i i'm I, i'm an empath and i um if i can help make people's lives better that's what i would want to do mm -hmm. and uh and it's taken me a lifetime to realize that but i uh definitely uh a therapist if I had not gone into entertainment or a life coach. I think that I would love um, people. I have friends who are constantly calling me for advice 
And uh, I have one friend, she says, you need to start charging for this. And I go, how do I charge my friends for advice? (laughs) (laughs) And Richard, would you like to leave a message to our listeners? Anything you want to tell us? Yes, well, like I said, each day uh, I pull a word and the word today is peace. So um, one of my favorite songs is Let There Be Peace on Earth. And do you know the song? No, I don't. Okay, I want you to Google this after today's show. Okay. The song is uh, Let There Be Peace on Earth and Let It Begin With Me. That's the message of the song. And so my message that I would leave everyone with is in order to have peace on earth, it has to begin with me. Um, I, uh, at, today, at the time of this taping, I'm very, very fortunate because on my show this afternoon, my guest is Melissa Manchester. And Melissa Manchester is one of my favorite entertainers in the world. I've interviewed her before and she's on the show. And I would love for her to win a Kennedy Center honor. And I actually have a page on Facebook about that. And someone said, someone actually wrote today, uh, does she have to be 80 before she wins a Kennedy Center honor? In other words, why is it taking so long? And my question to him was, what have you done this morning, uh, today to make, uh, to make, uh, to get closer to her getting the Kennedy Center honors? Because it's very easy for all of us to sit on the sidelines and say, why isn't this happening? Or why is that happening? Why isn't this happening? Instead of getting up, rolling up your sleeves and getting out there and doing something yourself. There will never be peace on this planet if we don't take responsibility ourselves. And things that are happening in the Ukraine um, and around the world, each and every one of us are responsible for it. We are responsible for the messages we put into the world. If you, when you post something uh, of a negative value on social media, and you think nothing of it, and then you get up and you walk away, it's, there's something wrong with that picture. When you see something horrific on the news, and then you get up and you walk away to go to the TV, I mean, to your refrigerator to make a bologna sandwich, and you're not horrified by what you've just seen on the news, there's something wrong with that picture. We are all in this, I have a friend who says, we're all in this together but we're not in the same boat. And I always end my shows by saying, but if you're gonna go out in a boat, make sure you bring a skipper along. So, uh, but the thing is that uh, there is a way, this is my method about social media. Social media boils down to this. When you see on Facebook or Twitter, if, you, if it's positive, like it, comment on it, and then share it because it's worth it. If it's negative, delete it or hide it and don't let it go any further. If all of us do that, we can change the algorithms. We can change everything. We truly can change the world if we all take the responsibility to do so. And it's not lip service. 
I do this every single day. And it's what we need to do to put what it's what we put out into the world. Yes, Richard. Thank you. Thank you. Richard, where can we find you? When where can we connect? I am ubiquitous. I am everywhere. <laughs> Just Google me. It's Richard Skipper. I am uh please, uh I my uh and I hope you'll do the same thing. My uh YouTube channel is Richard Skipper's Celebrates because I am about celebrating, celebrating artists and their body of worth, 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 not work, worth. So uh, you can uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Uh, if you see a show that you like, please leave a comment and please share it. Uh, I have a Facebook page. Uh, follow me on Facebook. Uh, follow me on Twitter. Uh, you know, uh, go to richardskipper.com and all my social media platforms are there. Follow me, drop me a line, tell me that you saw me on this show. Uh, you know, I'd love to stay in touch. That's, you know, I, I am very much about staying in touch. Wonderful. And Richard, it was a great interview. I really, I'm honored to have you here today. Oh, I'm the honored one. Thank you so much. And welcome. You are always welcome. And I'm, I'll be always, always happy to go from either Spain to New York or when I'm in Florida, I will be happy to drive to New York just to see you. Now, I'd like you to do me a favor. My website is richardskipper.com. Mm -hmm. And I'd like you to sign my guest book on my website. Would Wonderful. you do that for me? Of yes, course. Sign my guest book. I'll thank do it you. now. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank and you. all of your viewers and listeners, sign my guest book. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening. And remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time.